Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine. I'm Holly Johnson, and each Tuesday I get together with my colleague Molly Pickering to share what we've been eating, what's got us thinking, and the new products that are worth trying. And don't miss our Thursday podcast, where we chat to some of the leading names in veganism. Welcome to today's interview episode. I'm joined by Marissa Heath, who is Chief Executive of the newly formed Plant-Based Food Alliance UK. Um, We were due to chat back in January, weren't we, uh, Marissa? But we had some Wi-Fi issues. Yeah, we did indeed. But I'm delighted to be here. I I really wanted to do it in January. So I'm so glad we've been able to reschedule and find time. Yeah, definitely. How are you? Yeah, good. I mean, we're buzzing through the year already, aren't we? Halfway through February. Um, Things forward there's lots of work on I'm sure you feel the same yeah yeah suddenly yeah you're just sort of back into it aren't you um do you want to start by introducing yourself and um just you know tell us sort of when and why you went vegan and how you came to form the plant-based food alliance yeah so um as you said I'm Marissa and I became vegan in 2010 so it's, it's coming up to sort of 12 years now since I was vegan. My background's really animal welfare related so I was working in parliament at the time in the um, defence team doing kind of defence stuff and it was okay but it wasn't my bag. My thing was like environment and animals and this job came up to run the all-party parliamentary group for animal welfare which was all about advocating for better animal welfare policies. So I jumped into that and that sort of started my journey on the whole understanding of of factory farming, the way that animals are reared, um, all the things that we need to change basically um, for these sentient creatures that form part of our world. And for me, are like central to my existence. I just love animals. I grew up with them, always had animals, um, grew up in Indonesia where animals just surrounded us all the time. You had sort of farm animals just wandering around the streets and things. So I was really connected with them. So my journey um, started then, that was about 2006. And I was vegetarian at that point. 
And as I started to learn more and more, and I started to go on farms, I went to abattoirs, um, I, I tried to develop my understanding because I wanted to be able to talk to politicians as someone who really understood what was going on out there. And one, one abattoir I went to see, um, the thing that surprised me the most was the old dairy cows being bought in. And I've never seen something more heartbreaking, this just exhausted cow just coming in, just looking utterly dejected and so depressed. And that just made me think. And I was like, what, what's behind this? You know, this cow's given up however many years, had her calves taken from her, provided all this milk, and then this is her end. And so I started to look into it. Um, I started to understand the environmental impact around that. And I just kind of thought, okay, I'm not going to be part of this anymore. So I went vegan at that point. And I kept it quite low key because I'm working in a um, an environment where it is quite pro-farming. Um, Parliament has been dominated by the rhetoric around livestock and we've subsidised it for a long time. And people might have kind of said, you can't advise us um, very cleanly about animal welfare if you're sort of more biased to the animal rights side of yeah, things. Yeah. So that was the start. And it's evolved over the next 12 years of me getting more and more into it, really. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I just had tears in my eyes then just thinking of those cows. I just I could not do that. So good on you for, you know, braver person than me. Yeah, well, even now, I mean, I'm still working on, on some of these areas with livestock. And this is the way I'm approaching the work. I want to understand the whole remit of food. Um, and I want to be able to talk with knowledge about what goes on in the livestock sector as well as the plant-based sector and bring the two together to find the solutions to the problems we know facing us. And that's the Alliance's key role. That's why we've been formed, because never before have we had a more urgent need to tackle the issues around um, climate change and carbon emissions and the pollution of, of mainly intensive farming. Exactly. So is this a government thing then? The Alliance isn't, so it's not a government thing in that the government are not backing it and haven't set it up. This is NGOs and businesses who've looked at models in the US has an alliance, Canada have got one, China have got one, India have got one, and the EU have got one, obviously. So we've looked at their models and said, why haven't we got one for the UK? We absolutely should, because the UK is in the top sort of five of vegan producing, plant-based food producing countries. So they came together to do it. But the focus is government, because what we're saying is for too long, we haven't been included in policy. We haven't been able to get the funding that comes, the subsidies that the other um, sectors have got. And it's about time we had our voice heard in the formation of policy. So our energy is directed towards government. Okay, so you only set up, what was it, last year? October, late October. Yeah, right. Okay, so it's a really new thing. It's new. How can those of us who are already vegan ensure that, you know, our diet has a minimal impact on the environment? Are there any foods that we should avoid? I think it's about just being pragmatic and balanced. I mean, everyone sort of attacks avocados or almonds and things, don't they, and says they're not um, sustainable. Um, I personally think the conversation should be about moderation. So it's about balancing your diet and not eating too much of, of certain things that do have a harmful environmental impact. But, you know, we don't want to stop people enjoying food. And I think that's the key message here. Plant-based food is really great. It doesn't stop people enjoying anything. So you can still have bits of things that might have a slightly bigger environmental impact, but you're doing it in a much smaller scale. And we say that to the meat eaters as well. If people aren't prepared to go vegan, at least go flexitarian. It's that approach, I think, really. So But whilst I say that, there's a lot of conversations going on about eco-labelling, and that is a government um, policy area that we'll be working in. And that's about putting a label on that clearly shows to people what the environmental impact of that food is. And that would make it easier for everyone to make choices. 
Yeah. Do you think that's going to happen then? Because I see that, um, is it One Planet Pizza? They've just started it on their yes. range. Yeah, they have. I mean, it, that is voluntary. And I think the only way it works really properly is to get everyone having to do it by um, government legislation saying you must do this, the same as they've done with other um, elements of labelling. And they're actually looking at animal welfare labelling at the moment where they signal the kind of background of the animal, how it was slaughtered and things like that. So there is some progressive thought going on in government. Um, I think it has to happen because if we want to get to net zero and we want to change people's behaviour, and buying habits you've got to give them the information so I feel reasonably confident we will see this in the future yeah oh that just gives me hope <laughs> it does as long as it's a fair system I mean that's the thing Holly it can't be biased against certain sectors again plant-based it has to be very clear so if the livestock industry for example manages to reduce the methane which they're working on by feeding different diets to um, livestock it can't just be about carbon emissions it needs to be about water use about pollution about all the other resources that are used in producing that food yeah this is it it's quite complex I guess isn't it it is sounds like a big task for someone It is is a big task. There's a huge amount of work ahead of us and massive opportunities, but also challenges. We're still this really small player, the kind of David against the Goliath. But that's why alliance is so important. We have to get a louder voice. And that means people need to come together. And sometimes people's opinions may differ. Some people have different opinions about, um, you know, should you be should you just be focusing on the 100% vegan? Should you be including flexitarian? Should you be working with companies like Nestle and Unilever and those sorts of ones? But we're saying, let's just get a voice. Let's just get heard. Everyone yeah. come together, and, you know, keep the squabbling out of it. Let's just get focused. Yeah, exactly. What What can your average person then, you know, someone listening to this today, how can they get involved and support the Plant-Based Food Alliance? Um, so I think it's getting our profile raised. So talk about us, um, indicate that we exist engage your MP and tell them they need to start recognising this sector because there's too many MPs that aren't recognising it. So tell them that we're important, we exist and that the public want to consume these foods um, and, and speak to companies as well. If you get chances, email them, contact them and say, I really hope you're part of this work to change the way the government looks at plant based food. Yeah, I mean, it takes, you know, a couple of minutes to send an email, doesn't yeah. it? So okay. yeah, we can all do that. What about people on low income? then mm-hmm. I mean you know things like eating organic local produce is not always affordable is it what would you advise well, to someone especially at the moment um you know everyone's kind of panicking aren't they about rising costs of food and fuel and everything else well I'd say firstly look at the Oxford report that came out pre-Christmas also the university report that found that plant-based food eating was the cheapest option around and can be the healthiest so you can get things like my fridge is full of frozen vegetables and things that I can pull out within seconds and make into a stir fry or cook to go against some you know with some sort of plant-based meat or something like that so I think there's cheaper ways of doing things and they still have nutritional value to them of course there's wider work that I think government needs to do around its food strategy they're working on about how they make it more affordable to go and buy fresh healthy vegetables over the junk food and the other options so I think that's a broader um, issue to talk about in regards to government policy but I would just say to people um, connect um, your food to your well-being basically and understand that um, 
cooking can be done you know you can use plant food um, based foods really quickly so connect with those blogs and those brilliant people out there that are showing you what to do and you can buy in bulk you can buy pulses you can buy these frozen things i've mentioned they don't go off they sit in your freezer or your cupboard they last for ages so you won't get as much food waste and therefore you won't waste money as well so I think there are real options for people on lower incomes in the plant-based um, area. Yeah, I guess it's education, isn't it? I mean, how can we, you know, how can we ensure that people know that these sort of plant-based recipes are out there? If they're completely sort of um, alien to the world of yeah, plant-based I think eating. That's a big problem, yeah. I think that is um, a huge issue. I think it goes back to teaching younger people at school and things and getting them more engaged with their food. This isn't a problem limited to plant-based. People are eating unhealthy options because they're not being sort of told how they can create these things and access good food and things. So it goes much more broad than plant-based. But I think we can be quite exciting and innovative about how we engage people. And I think younger people do want to listen to this. So we've got to take these opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a huge sense of anxiety, isn't there, for the younger generation, not only with what they've been through um, with the pandemic, but, you know, in terms of the climate crisis, you know, every time you get in the car, you turn the radio on, taking them to school and, you know, it's sort of all doom and gloom. And I think, you know, I was talking um, in Tuesday's episode just gone about, you know, the fact that I've had time off work because my daughter's anxiety. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's um, our duty, isn't it, to kind of, you know, make changes Yeah, the most important thing for me to do, and, you know, as I said, I've worked in the kind of government political sphere for a long time. I'm an elected member at a county council level myself. And the most important thing you can do for people is empower them. And I think giving people the tools and allowing them. So the health argument, for example, is massively important. There's nothing more important than your individual health, because if you don't have your health, you've got nothing. So when we look at all the links to better health through eating a plant-based diet and things like that, you've got to be able to connect people and help them understand they can take control of their health um all of those sorts of things I think are really important and they've got to be done at base level through education through community groups as well you know when you've got things like the um food banks and those initiatives going on they can also be a a tremendous place to help educate people who need help and um, provide support in that way and, and going in to teach them what they can do yeah it's quite empowering listening to you you know sort of coming up with these ideas that we can get involved it's not just something that's sort of down to all these you know government officials and things and we don't really have much say apart from the odd vote or whatever so yeah you know I think that there's some great ideas there get get groups together even social media I mean you know Mm -hmm. it's it's got power yeah as I say social media if you've got more time as I say go to the food bank or the there's you know sort of things setting up now in my area where they're creating food they're putting them in big freezers and they're saying to low-income families and people who are struggling come and collect this pre-made food all you've got to do is cook it but being in those places and saying well hang on you should be making sure 40 or 50 percent of that food is plant-based it's healthier for those people and things so they get the taste of it as well and realize that food is great without animal products in take all of those opportunities we're the ones that can really get in and make the change definitely yeah I think there's such a preconceived idea about you know vegan food isn't there in some communities and I think any opportunity to kind of get just get someone to have you know you get all these vans don't you like Viva and things like that and they're out there giving away free burgers and people are like whoa this is amazing Yeah, exactly. We've all done the tricking, haven't we, as vegans, where we make something like a shepherd's pie or a lasagna or something and don't tell them it's vegan mince. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm still doing it with my son. I mean, he's, you know, my, my daughter and I have been vegan for over four years now. And I'm just like, come on, you know, to so my son, he's, he's 10. And it's like, he really wants to, he loves animals. And, you know, he knows that it's, you know, the sort of right thing to do in his, in his own mind. But it's just like, he just can't bear to, you know, because my, when they go to like my mum's, for example, you know, the grandma meals and it's, it'll yeah. be like meatballs made from meat. And I'm just kind of like cringing going, oh, please don't. We all have those issues in nursery. I mean, my daughter's in nursery and all the other kids, you know, they bring in a birthday cake or something and she can't have it because it's not vegan. We all have those sort of things to overcome and just getting people to sort of understand that. And yeah, yeah. it's different. You've got to be super prepared as a vegan, haven't you, for all of you these do. things? <laughs> got to take your little lunchbox with you or whatever although it's you know it's getting so much easier isn't oh it's it? so much I was about to say compared to 12 years ago I don't know when you became vegan but yeah it's a totally different um situation to be in now yeah. there's always nah. yeah no I jumped on the bandwagon four years ago which was when everything was just kind of move, yeah. so, you know wicked wicked kitchen was all kind of coming out in Tesco so yeah I was very much one of the uh you know when everyone said oh it's just a trend <laughs> So what tips would you offer to anyone who's new to plant-based eating in terms of like, you know, um, tips for sort of eating healthily, eating on a budget and also avoiding foods that are bad for the environment? Um, I think it goes back to, I mean, I think personally, when you make a decision to become a vegan, you're already really connected into looking at the foods you buy anyway. You're probably looking at the labels and walking around the supermarket consciously thinking rather than just throwing things in your um, in your trolley. So again, it goes back to looking at is the food produced in, in the UK for starters. So when you're in the vegetable area, and my meals are predominantly like 80% vegetables. So I, I'm a great fan of things like Buddha bowls and there'll be kale in there and spinach and broccoli and everything. And then I might throw in some elements of plant-based meat or something like that. So that's making up a small percentage of, of the meals. So I think it's that focus on the, the fruit and on the vegetables. Pulses, what a brilliant way of filling yourself up and you can eat tons of them and not put on weight generally. <laughs> then you can just eat and eat and eat my bowls are massive um so I guess it's just sort of looking at where the thing the product has come from and trying as far as you can to make it local or as close you know and if you can go out of supermarkets and use shops as well I'm a real supporter of local food I know it can be more expensive I get that and I and it's not necessarily accessible for everyone but if you are lucky enough to be able to um get that do it because it's a great thing to do um, and just to, um, you know, be adventurous, try new things. Um, I would literally try every new vegan product and then you sort of decide which are the ones you like, don't you? And you go through it that way. Um, and I, as I said, I think it's just about looking at how you can create flavor and things in different ways. That's where all these blogs and these things, even if you only watch a couple of them and get a couple of recipes off pat, if you're super busy and we all are pretty super busy now, just learn like three or four recipes that you can just bang out all the time that you really, really like. And those can be your main meals. Um, And as I keep saying, we talk about food waste all the time. It's 52% of the stuff we throw away is food waste. And that to me is shocking. And I don't mean to sound cliche and things, but when you're looking at people who haven't got enough food, I just think it's horrifying yeah. in that situation. And the best thing for me about plant-based food is the longevity of it. 
I mean, my freezer's full of stuff that I can just go and pick at any point and you can get them on the special offers or that kind of thing and just fill up your freezer, which saves you money, but also means when you've got to cook or you've got people turning up or the kids are bringing friends home, you can always go in. I'm not advocating eating um, vegan chicken nuggets every night, but aren't they a great thing when the kids come home and they want a snack or something? They're just there. Definitely. (laughs) We need those nuggets now and again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I just think the options are out there. It's just about um, visibility as well. The supermarkets need to do more to make sure they're really out there. And I I, I really recognise that um, Tesco's and Sainsbury's in particular have quite strong aisles now where you can go directly to them and get your things. You don't need to go searching for ages. I use Instagram all the time to learn about new products. So I'm, I'm generally probably not the healthiest products, like the things like the new sort of Milky Way bar or something. I'm into <laughs> yeah. reading it out, but um, it's a good way of sort of seeing what's going on um, yeah. out there. So, yeah. They're expensive, those Milky Way bars. They're so expensive. This is a really good conversation as well as to somebody said to me they bought the vegan bounty the other day and paid three quid for it or something. We were like sitting there saying, well, when you've got coconut and you just put dark chocolate on it, why does it suddenly have to cost twice as much? I know. And it's like twice as thin as everything else. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, the the main argument for that is you're making less of them. So you've sort of got to get a whole separate production line and things, particularly if you're making them completely vegan because they can't be contaminated. So there is more producing them. Brings me back to the affordability issue. So a lot of people criticise the vegan um, diet and say, oh, it's too expensive. It's not accessible. Well, again, with a lot of the new products coming on, they're from new companies who aren't awash with money. They're startups or, you know, innovators, disruptors, this kind of thing. And they're trying to get out there. And the more you sell, the cheaper things get. So a big company can sell a load of stuff cheap because it's just plugging it all out. The small companies can't. So unless we get government to do things like public procurement and give them proper markets, that's the way to get the price down, to give them a guarantee of sales into, you know, and kind of say plant-based food is a fixture in this environment and all over the place. Yeah. And that gets cheaper. Okay. So I need to email my MP today. Yeah. What else do I need to do? Email your MP, um, you know, watch what's going on on social media in terms of this space and kind of retweet it and um, just make sure the conversation stays up there. We um, have multitude of voices in the vegan space. But as I said, bringing that collective, we've demonstrated it in animal welfare. We've managed to get government to change position on quite a few things legislatively by creating a real public push behind it. So we vegans need to unite, basically, and start asking for that. We're quite, I say we're a polite bunch. We sometimes are, sometimes aren't. (laughs) But we're not coming forward with our demands of, and they've got to be clear demands, like we expect all public um, food places, schools, whatever. Whatever. you know the school milk subsidy doesn't include plant-based milk those kind of things right. collectively saying we want you to include that and making sure our voice is loud enough that they have to move to it yeah god you've really got me fired up marissa i'm like <laughs> gonna go get my placard out <laughs> this is what we need though isn't it we need you know especially sort of coming out of like christmas january sort of haze it's like right yes let's get back on this yeah and you know the the bit the most important thing at the moment is we've never had more of an opportunity for change right now is the biggest opportunity because we've got the whole net zero challenge COP26 was a disappointment when it came to kind of diet and plant-based stuff. But COP27, they're already talking about including diet and speaking about food and things. So there's a bit more light at the end of the tunnel there. But the government are delivering a white paper to its food strategy this year that will talk about the future of food. That's coming out in March. 
we're talking about labeling um, we're talking about the change to farming rewilding biodiversity how farmers are going to amend we've got the climate change commission saying reduction of between 20 and 50 percent of animal products you've got the un saying the same sort of numbers and things the wind is there um, to sort of push us forward at the moment if we don't get it done now then we're going to miss a huge opportunity okay right we can do this <laughs> fantastic well it's been absolutely amazing to speak to you um just to finish off what other companies are involved then because you said a lot of companies are involved with the plant-based food alliance yes so at the moment um we've got oatly who are one of the backers they also back the EU, eu one and the american and probably other ones as well they're big supporters of this kind of work um upfield who do all the sort of butters and um cheeses and things um outpro the Vegan Society and ProVeg. Um, and we've just started to go out to sort of think about wider membership of people who seek the same um, vision as, our, as us to increase the take up of plant-based food. So we're early days at the moment. We're really sort of starting finding our feet and um, our focus is on that government policy area. But we really are keen to hear from people who want to join up and be members and help this cause. And it will be a good um, thing to join in with because I think it's only going to grow and it will be a place where businesses can and can maximize their growth as well and seek government money support um, and that voice basically at the top table yeah fantastic well anyone listening share the hell out of this uh, podcast exactly. so everyone can hear what Marissa's had to say um, you're a true inspiration and thank god for people like you in government <laughs> quite frankly um like you say it's, there is a light at the end of the tunnel so um yeah thank you so much for chatting to me today thanks for having me it's been great i hope you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to leave us a review on your platform of choice and follow us on instagram at simply vegan podcast i'm back on tuesday with molly and next thursday i'll be chatting to the little london vegan Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.